It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Once in a time before time, God breathed fire into the universe, and the light gave birth to angels, and the earth gave birth to man, and the fire gave birth to the jinn. Creatures condemned to dwell in the void between the worlds. One who wakes a jinn shall be given three wishes. Upon granting of the third, the unholy legions of the jinn shall be freed upon the earth. Fear one thing only in all that is. Fear the jinn. Credited to Wes Craven's The Wishmaster, 1997. Welcome to Freaky Folklore, the podcast where we discover the horrifying legends across the world and tell terrifying tales of monsters both ancient and modern. I hope you're not too disappointed. We had to make a change to this week's schedule. The Kelpie will be in next week's episode. In the meantime, I hope you enjoy Arabian Folklore, because this week we are discussing the Jinn a shape-shifting, wish-granting, and sometimes bloodthirsty beast from another dimension. This show is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network. Find more terrifying tales at EerieCast.com and be sure to follow us on Spotify or your favorite podcasting service. You can leave an honest review on iTunes, too. The more we get, the more we grow, and hopefully, the more monsters we can explore. If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for information on future episodes. The sunset was a glowing fiery red, with its last rays glimmering on the ocean waves. Jade shivered when the moist breeze from the ocean tickled her bare shoulders. She pulled her sweater up to cover her bare skin. Shayon must have noticed that she was chilled because he wrapped his arm around her and pulled her close. Was our honeymoon everything you dreamed it would be? He questioned, but truthfully, he already knew her answer and was quite pleased with himself. Jade had mentioned many times during their five-year relationship that she dreamed of seeing the country that had given birth to the man that she loved more than life itself. 
Jade had met Shayon while volunteering at an animal rescue shelter in downtown Detroit. Jade had always loved animals, and Shayon was doing intern work for veterinary medicine. They fell in love while caring for a cocker spaniel that had been abandoned with a broken leg that they agreed to call Corky because of his bubbly, loving spirit. On their wedding day, Shayon surprised her with a trip to Mumbai. She had no idea how he pulled it off. He was terrible at keeping secrets. Nevertheless, after they escaped the church and climbed into the limo, he pulled out an envelope and handed it to her. Inside were two plane tickets. They had departed three hours later. He had packed her things, and he did an amazing job at that, too. They spent the week seeing the city and taking in as much of the rich culture and history as they could. Shayon even planned for them to visit the house he had grown up in. She loved every minute of the trip, from the rich Indian food to the shopping. On their last day in Mumbai, they found a store named Minglaba, the Burmese artifacts store. The store was stocked full of beautiful and unique items such as handmade jewelry and clothing, but Jade was intrigued by the handmade jewelry boxes most of all. Each box was uniquely crafted from wood, with brass and copper hinges, and decorated with flowers and stars. But the one that caught her eye had an image of a lady by a pool of water, staring at her reflection. Shayon frowned a little when he looked at the box she had chosen. Are you sure this is the one you want? He asked. Oh yes. The lady looks so mystical. And look, the inside is lined with red velvet. It's perfect. Jade was so happy, and this box would always be her greatest treasure from their honeymoon. They stopped by the hotel to drop off their shopping bags and to freshen up before their last evening of going out before heading home. Jade couldn't resist taking the jewelry box out of the bag one more time to admire it. As she laid it on the bed to look at it, she slid her finger across one of the brass hinges and cut her finger. Ouch! I think it just bit me, she laughed. Shayon protectively grabbed her hand. Let me see. Hmm, it's just a scratch, but I will file the hinge down as soon as we get home. I will go get you some alcohol and a band-aid. Shayon went to the bathroom to grab his overnight bag. Jade was looking at the scratch on her finger when a tiny droplet of blood rolled off and landed on the top of the jewelry box. She reached down to wipe it off before it could stain, and as she did, the room seemed to start spinning. Jade! It sounded like Shayon was yelling her name but he sounded so far away. Then the laughter began. It was a woman's voice. Her laugh was drowning out Shayon's voice. It was a dark, horrible sound, and it felt like it was bouncing around on the inside of her skull. Suddenly, she felt her feet grow warm. She looked down, and she was standing in a puddle that was growing deeper. It was blood thick, crimson, and sticky. She didn't know how she knew, but she knew. It was rising so fast. She tried to take a step but couldn't move. It was up to her thighs now. She tried to raise her arms to avoid touching it, but they wouldn't move either. She looked around, 
frantic for someone to help, but all she could see is darkness. It was up to her waist when she tried to scream, but the only sound she could hear was that infernal laughter. The blood was beginning to ebb its way up her chin. It had imprisoned her, and hysteria was starting to set in. She opened her mouth to scream, and the thick metallic taste filled her mouth. Jade, wake up! Shayon was smacking her on the cheek when she opened her eyes. Ow, that hurt, she whined, touching her cheek. You scared the hell out of me. I walked into the bathroom for less than a minute, and when I come back, you're out cold on the floor. When I bent down to check on you, you started screaming. What happened? I, I don't know. Blood dripped on the jewelry box, and wow, I just, I must have fainted. Blood has never made me sick before. Maybe we should order room service and spend our last night alone, Shayon suggested with a wink. No, it's our last night here. I will be fine. I probably just need to eat something. Suddenly, I feel ravenous. This episode is sponsored by June's Journey. Attention all mystery lovers. Dive into the captivating world of June's Journey the hidden object game that will awaken your inner detective. Join June Parker on her quest to uncover the shocking truth behind her sister's murder in the glamorous 1920s. I'm a couple of chapters in, and I love unlocking new pieces to the mystery after each hidden item search. The beautifully detailed scenes from New York's finest parlors to the charming sidewalks of Paris make the experience truly immersive. As you progress, You'll also get to build and customize your very own island estate, complete with stunning gardens and luxurious buildings. Gather compelling evidence, decipher cleverly hidden clues, and unravel the dark secrets of the Parker family. Each twist and turn will keep you on the edge of your seat, eager to crack the case. Cooperate or compete against other players in the detective club, and you'll even get a chance to play in a detective league to test your skills. Are you ready to jump back in time, detectives? Download June's Journey for free today in iOS and Android. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Most of us are familiar with the term genie. When the genie is mentioned, it recalls the image of a magic lamp imprisoning a mystical being who may be enslaved by whomever frees it. Once the genie is freed, it is obligated to grant its new master wishes, usually just three. If you're hoping to find a magic lamp containing an all-powerful genie, be careful what you wish for. This is the Western image of the genie, but this folklore creature has roots in history that go back hundreds of years, and those roots are dark. The original name of the genie is Jinn, 
meaning spirit or demon depending on the source. They are supernatural creatures with roots in ancient Mesopotamian legends. Jinn are shape-shifting spirits made of fire and air. They are made up of a smokeless mixture of fires just like energy. Jinns have no original shape and can take the shape of anything. They tend to favor shapes that terrify humans. The Arabic word for jinn is yana, which means to hide or conceal. Their invisibility is the reason so many people have denied their existence. According to the Quran, the jinn were created before man. Because they were created from fire, their nature has generally been fiery, and their relationship with man has built upon this. Like humans, they too are required to worship God and to follow Islam. Jinn can be Muslim or non-Muslim. However, due to their fiery nature, most of them are non-Muslims. These non-Muslim jinn form a part of the army of the most famous jinn, Satan. Jinn can appear in the form of dead people as well, also something that terrifies humans. In Islam, dead people cannot come back to this world. They must move on to the next. Therefore, ghosts and spirits are jinn taking the shape of the dead. Traveling by the speed of light and having the strength of 40 to 60 men, they have almost godlike abilities. Although the jinn may be stronger than us with these supernatural powers, they are lacking in intellect. Jinn live for thousands of years in a parallel universe. They can see into our dimension while being invisible to the human eye. The world of Islam confirms the jinn's existence through the Holy Quran. The word jinn is mentioned in the Quran 29 times with a whole chapter dedicated to the subject. There are different types of jinn. Each have a different strength and ability. A hen is a type of jinn that is close to animals and they appear in the form of dogs. Hen in Arabic means little. Ghoul is a type of jinn known as a shapeshifter. It is cannibalistic and blood drinking. It is said that the ghoul feeds on the blood and flesh of humans, especially travelers, children, and corpses that are stolen out of graves. The most fearsome of these is the female, or gula, which appears in female human form. She is known to marry an unsuspecting man who becomes her prey. In Persian books, the gula is described as having the legs of a donkey and the horns of a goat, presumably before taking human form. Yawn is another shapeshifter that lives in deserts and usually appears in the form of a whirlwind or a white camel. They are the enemies of the ghoul, being more open-minded about humans. Madrid is a type of jinn that is huge and powerful. In Arabic, Madrid means giant. This is described as the most powerful jinn. Even though they have free will, they may feel compelled to perform chores when necessary. The Ifrit jinn are enormous winged creatures of fire. Powerful and cunning, they live underground in societies along ancient Arab tribal lines. They usually marry other jinn but may also marry a human. Humans can use magic forces to enslave them or even kill them. They are often described as ruthless, wicked creatures. Shik is a weaker jinn that looks like a half-formed monster. Nasnas are another weak type of jinn. They are usually known as the offspring of Shik and human beings, making them hybrids. 
They are described as being half humans, having half a head, one arm, and one leg that hops. Pele are another djinn that live in the desert and is known as a footlicker that attacks sleeping people and drains their blood by licking the soles of their feet. The Pelis is not very intelligent, thus the foot licking, and can be tricked very easily. Sila, another shapeshifter, is said to be highly intelligent and can also mimic human appearance with ease. Being a part of Persian folklore, they are described as the misinterpretation of a Mongolian warrior. The last of the jinn, but not the least, is the evilest and the most powerful, going by the name of Shayatan, not coincidentally sounding like Satan. They are exceptionally ugly creatures, either male or female, capable of assuming human form, though their feet always remain hooves. They eat excrement and use disease as their weapon and are said to exist on the border between light and darkness. Despite their superpowers, strength, and long life, the jinn can be killed. When the jinn takes the form of an animal or human, that is the time to strike, because they will die the same as the form they have taken. Jinn are considered part of the unseen world, as invisible entities with undefined definitions. Belief in them appears differently between communities and individuals. Some Islamic scholars believe that jinn are capable of possession, while others do not. While both in the past and the present, stories of those possessed by jinn are not hard to find, exorcisms are performed on those that are believed to be possessed by the jinn. Exorcisms usually involve reciting the Quran and sometimes beating the jinn out of the person. It is believed by some that the person possessed by the jinn cannot feel pain during possession. Despite stories of possession, jinn are unique in their inclination to neither evil or good. In Christianity, demons and evil spirits are entities working to carry out Satan's evil wishes, but neutral spirits like the jinn have no place. Jinn are different from both angels and demons. They can revolve between good and evil, making them more relatable. They can make mistakes, and they can help us or hurt us. Entertainment today portrays genies, as we like to call them, as powerful beings who are trapped in a lamp and are relegated to the status of a slave. Their liberator becomes their master, and the genie has no choice but to obey and grant their wishes. When we think about the jinn, it most often brings to mind the genie from Disney's Aladdin, a funny and lovable character portrayed by Robin Williams. Many of us have seen the television series from the 60s, I Dream of Jeannie, with Barbara Eden. Eden also portrays a funny and lovable character, although a little sultrier and more seductive. But there are numerous movies out there that portray the jinn or genie in a less favorable form. In 1997, The Wishmaster was released. The American fantasy horror film was executive produced by Wes Craven. Evil is the number one characteristic of the jinn in this movie, as he twists every wish to his own gain, and anyone making a wish will lose their soul. In 2014, an American action horror thriller film titled Jinn was released. 
This film's writer and director claimed that it would introduce the accurate mythological concept of the djinn to the Western audiences. The opening scene is set in 1901. A man enters a shack in the forest to confront a djinn sitting, waiting for him, and he starts to recite an Arabic prayer to establish a layer of protection for himself as he nears. The man only has one request, the release of a girl being kept hostage by the djinn, but the djinn refuses to answer and attacks him. After a struggle, the man throws holy water on the djinn. The djinn swears vengeance and states that he will slaughter all his bloodline from one generation to another. 113 years later, Sean and Jasmine are a happy couple living in Michigan. Sean gets a delivery, an early birthday present of a note and a VHS tape. Later he tells his wife about a promotion at his job and that he thinks he's ready for them to have children. But Jasmine tells him that it's impossible for her to have children, upsetting Sean. He leaves to think, and in his office he watches the VHS tape. The tape was recorded by his father, with the message that strange things might start happening to him. And he must seek out the helpers who will get him ready to fight the unknown forces. His father also states that if this tape has managed to reach him, that means he has failed to defeat these forces and protect his family, and that Sean will now need to prevail in this battle to ensure survival of his family. In 2021, another American supernatural horror film featuring the djinn as the antagonist was released. Directed by David Carbonier and Justin Powell, the djinn was released only in select theaters. I haven't had the chance to review this movie myself, but from what I have read, the critics seem to like it. The plot seems to miss the mythological accuracy, but I for one will not turn down the chance for a good scare, accurate or not. Disappointingly, even though you can find Jen in books, cartoons, and movies, the number of video games using the inhuman creature is few. So while you may not be able to battle a boss djinn on World of Warcraft, you can schedule a binge night for djinn movies because that list is a long one. With such a rich history and so many more topics covering the djinn that we could touch on, I wish... Oh, wait. I better be careful what I wish for. The 24-hour flight back to Detroit felt like it would never end. Shayon smiled as he brushed a lock of hair that had fallen across Jade's brow while she slept. Looking down at her face as she rested on his shoulder, he felt like the luckiest man alive. He was a little worried about her, though. At dinner the night before, she had a hunger that for her was out of character. Where usually she would eat part of her meal, she wiped her plate clean. But that was not the only thing that was odd. She had ordered fish curry, and she hated fish. Following the fish curry, she had requested dessert. She chose the white chocolate raspberry cheesecake, and Shayon watched in astonishment as she ate every bite. Jade woke as the pilot announced their landing. She stretched and asked Shayon through a yawn, are we finally landing? We will be landing soon. He just announced the final approach, Shayon answered. 
Thank God. I am starving, she exclaimed. Shayon smiled and looked at her funny. What? she asked. Are you afraid that now that we're married, I'm going to get fat? Jade said jokingly. Don't worry, honey. I have the metabolism of a 14-year-old. The landing and baggage claims went more quickly than they expected. Their luggage must have been the first off the plane. They couldn't get home fast enough for Cheyenne. He only had one day to rest up before heading back to work. Luckily, there was an empty cab waiting as soon as they stepped through the exit. To his disappointment, they didn't make it home before Jade started begging to stop and eat. Please, I have this crazy craving for sushi. Cheyenne, being patient and eager to please her as always, asked the cab driver to stop at the Goblin, a popular sushi bar not far from their apartment. Cheyenne asked the cabbie to wait, and he did, but of course with the meter running. Cheyenne wasn't hungry, so he watched amazed as Jade wiped out an entire plate of tuna and scallion rolls while chasing it with four shots of sake. Who is this person that I bring back from Mumbai? Suddenly you love fish and alcohol well before lunch. If I was superstitious, I would think you were possessed. Cheyenne said this jokingly, but Jade froze and gave him a deathly stare. She didn't even comment. She just immediately resumed eating until her plate was clean. The next few days were very strange to Cheyenne. Jade was obsessed with all kinds of things that she had never liked before. She seemed determined to try every kind of fish and dessert that she could find a recipe for. They had to make a trip to the market every day, and suddenly she went from a glass of wine before bed to wine with breakfast and three or four mimosas before bed. Cheyenne was beginning to feel like he married a stranger. He knew a few days later when Jade was supposed to return to work, but instead slept until noon, that he had to talk to her. When he got home from work, he found her, still in her pajamas, sitting on the patio with a bottle of wine that was almost empty. Hello there, sexy, Jade said as she tried to stand. Cheyenne caught her as she began to fall backwards. Honey, we need to talk. I will fix you some coffee. He helped her back down onto the cushioned chair and grabbed the bottle of wine as he headed into the kitchen. He was pouring the remaining contents of the bottle down the sink when Jade stumbled around the corner. What the hell are you doing? I wasn't done with that. Yes, you are done. You can barely stand up and you missed work. If you don't sober up, you will be in no shape to work tomorrow either. Jade, normally a reasonable person, startled him when she appeared next to him almost instantly. She grabbed the bottle from his hand and flung it against the wall, shattering it into pieces. As wine ran down the wall leaving a dark red stain, she edged close to him until their noses almost touched. Do not tell me what to do. You are not my master. He barely recognized her voice, and her eyes suddenly seemed black instead of the bright blue that he loved. Cheyenne was stunned, 
They had never even fought before, and this had escalated so fast that he was at a loss for words. He stood there, feeling emotionally paralyzed, and watched as she turned around and glided out of the room without so much as a stagger. Jade was asleep with her back turned to him when he went to bed. Pulling the sheet back, he climbed in beside her, trying to keep as much distance as possible. He had never felt like this towards her before. He felt that if he touched her, it might burn. Sometime during the night, he rolled over and he jumped when his arm made contact with Jade's body. He could still feel the anger through his sleep-fogged brain and tried to scoot away, but she had left him very little room to move. Opening his eyes, he was about to ask her to move over, but was immediately petrified when he found her hovering over him. Her eyes were glowing red, and her hair was alight with flames. He could see the ceiling behind her turning black as smoke billowed up from all around. Shayon reacted on instinct and scrambled to roll from beneath her, but he missed as he reached for the nightstand and banged his head as he fell to the floor. The next morning, Jade was gone when he woke up. Shayon woke up tangled in the sheets trying to shake off the nightmare. It had felt so real. But here he was, safe in bed, and there was no sign of anything burnt. He was being silly. His mother had told him to never go to bed angry, and yet that is what he had done. Getting up to get ready for work, he found a note on the bathroom mirror. I am sorry for the way I have been acting. I have not been myself. I am going in early to try and make up for missing yesterday. I love you. Kisses. Jade. Shayon had never felt so relieved and terrible at the same time. He felt guilty for the anger he had felt the night before. Even though he slept in the same bed, they had felt miles apart. He thought about it a lot that day while he was at the office. He was giving a three-month checkup to a feisty little Pomeranian when he had an idea. He and Jade both loved animals, but they had decided to wait to get a dog until they bought their first home. This was mostly his idea because he didn't want to share Jade, not even with a puppy. Being a vet, he had his connections. He made a few calls until he found a licensed breeder that had one chocolate male lab puppy left waiting for a home. Jade loved labs. She had one when she was growing up and was heartbroken when he passed away from old age. He had an extra kennel at the office and he grabbed it on his way out the door that evening along with some puppy food that they also kept in stock there. He sent a text to Jade letting her know that he would be home a little late and after a quick stop at the pet store, he drove out to the breeders and picked up the big-eyed fluffy lab puppy. Jade met him at the front door with a big smile and a hug. She stepped back when she realized he was carrying something. It's a surprise. I felt terrible for last night. I am sorry. I should trust you, Shayon was saying as he brought the kennel inside and laid it on the living room floor. I thought maybe it was a good time to add a new member to our family. Shayon unlatched the kennel door, reached in and lifted the puppy out, but Jade's reaction, although positive, was not what he was expecting. She rushed forward and grabbed the puppy rather roughly and buried her nose in its fur. 
He looks absolutely delicious. You shouldn't have. She cooed as the puppy whined and wiggled, trying to get free. Um, you're welcome. I thought he would be perfect for you. He has had all his shots. Maybe I should have let you help pick the puppy, but I wanted to surprise you, Shayon explained, not quite understanding why he felt so awkward. No, honey, he is perfect. I could just eat him up. Thank you. Jade slowly lowered the puppy to the floor and watched as he ran back into the kennel and hid. He seems to be shy, but I will have him warmed up in no time. Jade's smile as she said this made Shayon feel uneasy. So many emotions he was not understanding, but there was a thought, maybe a feeling, nagging at the back of his mind, but he just couldn't seem to harness it. Their evening was more pleasant than the previous. They had a pizza and wine by the fireplace, hoping that the new family member would eventually join them, but he never did. When they headed to bed, Shayon took the puppy out of his kennel and brought it with him. We're going to have to find a name for this little guy so he can get used to it, he was saying as he set the puppy on the bedroom floor. The puppy yelped when Jade stepped towards him and ran to hide under the bed. Maybe we should call him Chicken, Jade laughed. Shayon was looking under the bed trying to locate the pup when he saw Jade's wooden jewelry box. What is this doing under here? I thought you loved this thing. Oh, well, I don't. It gives me the creeps. Shayon was puzzled, but he didn't ask any more questions. Deciding to let the puppy come out when he was ready, he crawled into bed. Since you gave me such a nice surprise this evening, I will fix you something special for dinner tomorrow. What would you wish for? Jade looked rather smug as she asked. Shayon smiled. I wish for a hot meal with my hot wife. He drifted off to sleep shortly after that, but these words kept ringing in his ears. Be careful what you wish for. Be careful what you wish for. When Shayon got ready for work the next morning, the pup was still in hiding. He was a little worried. He thought maybe the little guy had been abused at some point. It was strange for him to still be so scared. He decided to give him some more time and went on to work without looking for him. When he got home that evening, he found Jade in the kitchen, wearing a beautiful red dress and a pair of oven mitts. Well, he said, it looks like I got the first half of my wish. So what about the other half, darling? What's for dinner? Jade smiled, a quite devious-looking smile, as she lowered the oven door. Shayon looked into the oven horrified as Jade said, I made you roast chicken. Thank you for listening to Freaky Folklore, the podcast about mankind's horrifying legends and myths. Don't forget to follow Freaky Folklore on Spotify and iTunes. If you can, leave the show an honest review on iTunes to help us grow. Freaky Folklore is part of the EerieCast Podcast Network, the home for listeners who love to feel scared. Go to EerieCast.com to find other terrifying podcasts, such as Unexplained Encounters and Redwood Bureau. 
If you would like to submit an encounter or suggestions for future episodes, you can email them to carmencarrion at gmail.com. That is C-A-R-M-A-N-C-A-R-R-I-O-N at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Tune in next week as we talk about the malevolent shape-shifting water horse of Scottish folklore, the Kelpie. Until next time, stay safe out there, because this world is a strange one. <laughs>